folks. This is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound podcast. Today on the line we have Clint, and believe it or not, Clint was the very first guest we ever had on the Introvert Unbound podcast. But before we get into that, I'm going to do a little announcement. Uh, For folks who are familiar with the Introvert Unbound, you know we do some coaching. I do some coaching with Regina Hopkins LPC here in Denver, and we also do a lot of stuff online. And we have these new package deals available. And I recently graduated from a certification program for MBTI, which is Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. So the whole introvert-extrovert thing, that's where that comes from. So I'm now utilizing that as a tool for coaching so we can go really deep into your specific personality type and figure out ways to improve your dating and social life. So check out introvertunbound.com for those package deals. And let's get into the podcast. How's it going, Clint? Good. How are you, Wes? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, we've been in touch for a while. We've known each other for quite some time. We had you on that first podcast where you kind of talked about some of the struggles you had in the past in terms of just uh, depression, anxiety, things that I dealt with as well. And then you worked on your dating, social life, and kind of transformed it. But um, this time, we're going to talk a little bit about online dating. And that's a topic I've been covered, hell, I think the last two podcasts. And let's let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about your situation. Before we get into that, I want to preface it with, yeah. So Clint here has been doing really well with women. He meets women out and about, and he's also been doing a lot of online dating. So what's what's been your experience with online dating and what are some of the decisions you've been making about it recently? So recently I decided to quit all the online dating that I was doing <laughs> wow. and um, I decided not to renew. So that's not entirely true. I still, you know, I still do passively uh, a couple of the apps, Sure. you know, but I'm not, but I used to pay for them and I'm not paying for anything anymore. And, you know, even, even when I'm matching with women now, it's really rare that I'm going to go on a date. Like, you know, unless we were, unless we were chatting back and forth and we seem like we had a really good connection over text, like I probably am not going to bother going on dates. Whereas for the last few years, you know, I'd been going on one to anywhere from one to four dates a week mm-hmm. off of, you know, the various apps, uh, match.com, things of that neighbor nature. I haven't used eHarmony in a long time, but, but I right. used to use that one as well. Hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I just, so it's funny, online dating goes through this interesting progression, I think, for guys, because at the very beginning, it seems like you just can't get dates uh, because everybody is not really expecting the really low response rates that most men typically get online. Yeah. So then then once you get used to that uh, and maybe you figure out, maybe you tweak your pictures, maybe you tweak your profile or whatever, and then, okay, then you're actually getting results, um, meaning that you're actually going on dates uh, you know, you're meeting up with women on a regular basis and, and, you know, and then that can actually be pretty good. Like I said, you know, I was going on one to four dates every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, four was, four was definitely rare. Yeah. You know, I'd probably do that. I'd, I'd have one week like that every three or four months. Um, but you know, I ultimately decided to, to, to dial it way back just because I just wasn't going on very many good dates. Yeah. You know, I, I had a system down where like I would basically, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd go back and forth for maybe two, maybe three messages. And then I would ask her out. I would ask for her phone number. I would ask her to go get a drink, whatever, 
typically they would say yes or okay not even typically probably like 50 60 percent of the time they would say yes to that mm -hmm. 50 or 60 percent of the time you just never hear from them again when right. you find when you ask them out um but i mean even with that like if you're getting regular matches and everything that'll still give you plenty of dates to work with right um and so i just had two main issues you know number one was that like we'd, we'd wind up on the date and like we just were not very interested in each other. Now, whether or not that was because of physical attraction or whether it was because there was just no connection between our personalities. Right. You know, I've had probably equal measure of both of those. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, you contrast that with meeting somebody in real life. You know, typically if I'm talking to a woman in real life, I'm not going to ask for her phone number unless I see her like, you know, I see that 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 attraction flash in her eyes. You know, so like she's looking at me in a certain way. I'm pretty sure that she's into me. She's asking me questions where she's like interested in me. Um, and, you know, so and then like maybe, you know, and maybe we just really hit it off in person. But if if I talk to 10 people in person, you know, I might ask for the, the phone number of one of those women. Whereas when you're dating people online, you know, the equivalent of doing it online is you kind of have to go on 10 first dates to have the exact same experience. Sure. And it's a bummer because like, I always thought that online, like it was, it's this, like, it's this pie in the sky. Like you really think that online should work really, really well. It's like, there's this sea, there's this ocean of women out there just at your fingertips. And like, you can just, you know, you can meet them any time of the day. You don't have to go out to a loud bar or a loud club. You don't have to go out to a coffee shop or to, you know, wherever you're going to do day game. Um, you know, in theory, you could just, you could be sending messages at all hours of the day and like meeting women 24 seven, but you know, and, but in practicality, that's just never how it's worked out for me. Yes. And, and I've tried everything too, you know, I've, well, let, I've let me interject really quick there. Cause I can say from an outside perspective that you're a good looking guy, you know, you, you have all the things, you know, you work out a lot. You're actually a tall guy. You're intelligent. You have a really good job. You have social skills. So it's pretty much, you check all the boxes and still, you know, you're not one of the guys who's not getting any dates, you know, so it's not like that situation, but you're still struggling. You're still not getting what you're looking for and you're not meeting the women that you're really interested in almost the same way that you actually, when you go out and about, you tend to meet those women more. So I just wanted to interject that. And in so people aren't thinking that, you know, uh, Clint is some sort of troll who doesn't know how to talk to women. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and to be very clear, I mean, so all of the, all of the girlfriends that I've had in the last five years, they've, I've all, I've met them all in person. Yeah. Um, you know, the most that I've had off the internet are little relationships that have lasted, you know, maybe a couple of months, and like, and we're kind of into each other, but we're not into each other enough to really commit, to really, you know, move things to the next level or anything like that. So, like, yeah, I'd say what you just said is completely accurate. That the best relationships that I've had, they've all been people that I've met in person. Uh, it's, it's almost never online. Now, to be fair, I've met really cool women online as well, but, but I think the key differentiator for me is just like, well, how, how many kind of bad slash mediocre dates do you have to go through until you meet one that you're kind of into? And what I've found online is, you know, it's like one in five, maybe one in, maybe not that bad, maybe, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like one in four to one in 10. If I look at all the dates I've gone on, mm -hmm. you know, in the last five years. So it's just really horrible. Now, mm -hmm. to be to be fair, like, I also want to add a caveat as well that I keep thinking that I'm just doing something wrong. 
you know, there's got to be guys out there that are just like cleaning up online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're just meeting women left and right. They never have to cold approach a woman because they have so much of it. Like they have so much of a dating life off the internet. I'm sure that those men exist, yeah. but I just, I just don't know them. I, I have friends who like, they get a lot of hookups and stuff off of the dating apps and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, it's w- whatever you're into. Um, but even those guys are relatively rare. I, I only really know one guy like that. I don't really, you know, m- most guys I think are like, they're either a not getting dates or if they are getting dates, you know, most of them are going nowhere. Just like I was describing. Yeah. Or, or you know, once in a while hit or miss. Yeah. I think there's a very small percentage of guys who are doing really well on there, but that's not the vast majority. And it's surprising how much a guy can have everything together and still not do super well online. But then when you actually go out and about and you realize, oh, wait, this is actually different. You know, for instance, for myself, I do so-so online. If I just judged my appeal based on online dating, I would think, yeah, you know what? Women are sometimes into me, but not that much. But then, you know, I can go out once a week or a few times a week and then usually get the phone number of somebody who is potential and who is somebody who I'm actually interested in. So it's it's kind of like two different worlds there. And it's not like you shouldn't necessarily do it. The point of these podcasts and me talking about the drawbacks of online dating isn't to say you shouldn't do it, but it's kind of realize your expectations and there are other options. And if you're not doing other options and you're just doing online dating, it's not a great idea. Yeah, I think I think you're going to find yourself unbelievably demoralized if that's what you're doing. That's a great and, term, demoralized. Because say you're going out and maybe you don't like bars, but let's say you're going out to some sort of little mini jazz festival during the day, right? And you talk to a few women and maybe nothing ends up happening, right? You get no phone numbers. They're not that interested in you. You still went out to a jazz thing. You talked to different women. You built some skills up. You probably had a good time. You know, if you went out there with friends, you were just out there exposing yourself to new experiences. It's still a win, but you're just sitting at home swiping on the toilet what do you really get out of the failure? So the beautiful thing about so much around dating, going out there and being active and social and whatnot is that even if you quote fail, it's like I said, it's still a win. But when you fail at online dating, there is literally no benefit to it whatsoever, except like you said, that demoralization. Yeah. And I, I would also add too that it's, it's really kind of strange. And I, I wonder if it's peculiar to my own psychology, but there's something really demoralizing about going on a date with a woman who like really isn't into you mm-hmm. and you're like just kind of grasping at threads for like conversation for like an hour. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. like if you had met that woman in real life, um, you know, if you'd met her just in real life and, and sorry, my dog is, <laughs> is here. Um, but if you met that woman in real life, uh, you might've talked to her for like, you know, two minutes and then, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, there's nothing to see here. Really? Like she doesn't seem like she's into me. Right. I'm not really into her. And you just would have moved, moved along and everybody would have been fine, you know? And like, like you were saying, like you'd be like, okay, well, you know, I'm a little bit more out of my head. I'm a little bit more social because of that interaction. Um, I'm happy with myself that I went up to her to say hi. Whereas like when you're sitting on an online date, for an hour, um, you know, and like it's going nowhere and it's not interesting, you know, I don't know. There's just something different about that. And like, it's just like you go home and like, I would go home and I just feel bad. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of investment, right? You did all the conversation back and forth. You went out there after you set up a date, 
you talk to her, all that stuff. And then right away you realize it's a dud. So it's, you know, hours and hours of, in a sense, you can consider it wasted. I mean, if you have a decent conversation, there's still stuff to learn if you actually go out there on a date and all that. But yeah, I've experienced that many times and yeah, it's not necessarily fun. Um, and I was, uh, you know, and I, I like cold approach just scared me too badly. Like there was, there was no way that I could go into a bar. Like I could not imagine going into a bar and like mm -hmm. talking to people. There was just no way, you know, software engineer, very, very introverted. I mean, I can play a good extrovert, but just like that just gave me the heebie jeebies. And, um, so I basically started with online dating back then, you know, and I was doing match.com and eHarmony. I wound up actually over like the course of a year, I wound up dating two girls that, you know, turned out to be my girlfriends. I met them both off of eHarmony. I actually thought it worked very, very well at the time. Um, my, one of my ex-girlfriends, I actually dated her for about two and a half years. You know, we moved in together. It was a very serious relationship. So like, I actually like started out very, very well with online dating. Um, but then it was interesting, you know, I, I lived with this girl for about two and a half years um, we moved to Colorado together and, and then like we broke up, you know, it didn't work out after, after all of that. And so then I was, you know, in a brand new city and I had to start all over again. Basically I was getting back into dating for the first time in three years and, um, you know, I didn't really know what to do. And so of course, you know, I picked up what had worked in the past, which was online dating. Um, so I spent about, I don't know, probably six to 12 months just doing online dating again, not trying to talk to anybody in person at all. And what I found in Colorado was that it just didn't just did not work at all. Hmm. Like I couldn't get dates. I, I like whereas like in the past in Seattle, at least I got dates every now and then. Yeah. Um, in Colorado, I wasn't getting dates at all at all. Hmm. Um, and then, I, you know, and I was doing all the classic things that we were just talking about. I was getting unbelievably demoralized. So I would say I was like in phase one of this online dating, you know, hierarchy here. Like I just couldn't get dates. Right. Um, and I was trying to figure out like, well, what happened? Like, what the heck happened to me? Like, you know, I haven't been in the dating game for three years, but back then, you know, girls in person used to tell me I was cute right. and like, you know, and they would just like come up to me randomly sometimes. And it was super like, you know, super encouraging. Whereas like when I'm online, it's like, wow, I feel like I'm a troll. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then ironically, like the reason I got into cold approach pickup in the first place was because literally like online dating just wasn't working for me. Mm. Um, and so I basically just went out, you know, I started very slowly and I started talking to one person a day. And I, I think I told this story on the last podcast. Um, but, um, but basically, you know, from there, you know, I, I basically started cold approach, wound up getting girlfriends again, this time through cold approach. And then as the years went on, I got back into online dating, but this time it was only a supplement. It wasn't, it wasn't the sole thing that I was doing because I had that brutal experience of those six to 12 months where that was all that I was doing. And it just like, it wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere with it. Right. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, I think online dating is different in different cities. Um, I've heard, I've heard various people say that it's particularly bad in, in Colorado, but that being said, like, I, I don't know, you know, guys like to complain about the city that they're in wherever they are. Yes. And of course. like, so like, I just, I don't put a lot of stock in that. Um, but, uh, you know, all I can say is from my personal experience, it just doesn't seem to, um, to have paid dividends. And, you know, and then, I, and then I'll also say that like, so, so probably three, four years ago, you know, I was mostly doing cold approach with a tiny smattering of online. And then over the last couple of years, I really started ramping up the online again. 
Uh, again, because I kept thinking that, well, you know, like there's so many more apps out there than there were 10 years ago. You know, 10 years ago, basically all you had was, I think, you know, you had Match.com, you had eHarmony. I guess Plenty of Fish was around at the time, and I think maybe OkCupid was brand new. Mm -hmm. um, whereas today, you've got Tinder, you've got Bumble, you've got Hinge, you've got, you know, Coffee Meets Bagel. Uh, there's, got just there's scores of them. There's probably like, there's probably more than 100, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So At like, least. So the market is much, much bigger today, which in a lot of ways I think is, is really good. Because So like, first of all, I would say if you're doing online dating, hmm. my first piece of advice is that you need to be on all of them. Like you need to be on at least four different apps hmm. um, if, in order for it to work for you at all. <laughs> um, now, now, if you're on a bunch of – and you check in on them like every day and you know, and you just do like kind of a minimal level of effort on each app every single day – and then assuming that you're on that many apps, like you're going to be and, and your pictures are good and your profile is good and everything, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're getting lots of dates. Um, but, um, you know, so anyway, so because I started getting more and more dates over the years, I started leaning on online dating more and more heavily. Mm. What I was finding was that as the months wore on, like I'd be going on a ton of dates, but like my actual satisfying like dating experiences seemed to be going down. Right. Like yeah. I wasn't having as many relationships. I wasn't having as many date girls, you know, that I was going on dates with that I was really into. It just wasn't happening. And, and, you know, again, we can get into some of the reasons why we think, you know, Wes and I have chatted a lot about why we think that is. Yeah. We think there's a big selection bias problem. Um, you know, it's basically, it's, it's basically a market of lots of people who don't have enough time to date. And, you know, if you're a person who takes dating very seriously, you know, you have to wonder, is that really the type of person you want to be on a date with? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would argue, no, like it's probably not like if, if you're a guy, well, I mean a guy or a gal, you know, who's putting tons and tons of effort into dates and puts a high priority on relationships in their life. And then all that you're meeting are people who are like too busy to date in real life. So they're just like, you know, cause they're like so consumed by their career or whatever. So, you know, their friends convince them to get on it like on a random weekend and then, you know, you wind up meeting up for the date with them. Like that's, that's just not the type of person that you necessarily want to meet um, because they're just not in a place in their life where they're going to be able to devote a lot to dating. And so I feel like there's two or three different reasons like that that might account for this issue. Um, I also just think that there's too many guys on there. Um, hmm. You know, I'm sure you've talked about this before. I'm sure anybody who's done any research into online dating has – has, has determined that like, you know, women on there just get swarmed. They just get swamped with messages yep. and typically, and that's, there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, if you ever want to try that out, I've done this. I did this years ago. It's like, you know, get an attractive girl and make a profile of her and, and see how many messages you get over a weekend and it'll blow your freaking mind. <laughs> um, yep. but, um, you know, and, uh, and then, so there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, I, I think in general, like the major dating platforms don't publish their their uh, their ratios. But we've had a couple of data leaks over the last couple of years that came out. So, um, what was it? It was like Adult Friend Finder had that huge data breach or something. Yes. Um, so obviously, that's more in the hookup scene. So that's kind of an extreme app. So I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can draw conclusions from that towards the other major dating sites. But it was still interesting because. They published a kind of a crazy statistic that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the actual stats. So you'll have to look it up. But it was like nine out of ten users on that thing were men, okay. and like one out, and like one out of ten was a woman. Yeah, I think was that was that Ashley Madison? Was it the sort of cheat on oh, your maybe, spouse? Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe that's what I'm thinking right. of. Right. So nine out of ten um, of the people who are looking to cheat on their spouse are men, which yeah, that might be about yeah. right. <laughs> so okay. So well that's a good point. I mean, so I don't know if you can really draw any conclusions from something like Ashley Madison to say something else like match.com. It's possible um, though. I mean, there's definitely parallels, I think. Well, I have what I have done is I've gone on to like some of these sites and I've tried to look up. So they're very, very hush hush about the ratio of men to women. Hmm. And my guess is the reason that they're hush hush <laughs> is because my guess is it's atrocious. Yeah. Why would they be quiet about it if it wasn't looking bad yeah. for them? But what you can do is like you can go on some of them, some of the ones that allow searching and you can just look at like look at the number of results you get for like. You know, you could do a search for men in a given age range, and you could do a search for women in a given age range. Yeah. And and then you can just compare, you know. And I think the last time that I did that on one of the dating on on one of the major dating sites, I think the ratio was like seventy thirty. So it was seventy percent men, thirty percent women. Hmm. Um. So it's just it's just not good, right? Like you're you're setting yourself kind of up to fail in so many different ways. Yeah. And and um and then like and then the apps are even worse, like. Hmm. You know, I, I, my personal theory on, on apps like Tinder and Bumble, you know, this is all anecdotal. Like, I don't have any hard data to back any of this up. But, like, you know, meeting women out in person and they're like, oh, yeah. And, and like, I, I, I'll have seen her Tinder profile, like, I don't know, a month or so before. And Alaska was like, oh, I saw you on Tinder. And she's like, really? Like, I, I haven't been active on there for, like, six months, right. maybe a year. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of not necessarily dummy profiles, but outdated profiles, people who aren't even using it. But of course, they keep that up and they actually put the most attractive ones up front of your searches. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I think there's big money in them in that for, for them doing that. Like they, um, you know, like they make tons and tons of money off of people seeing really attractive people on there and then paying for upgrades, paying for super likes. I think I think that's a Tinder thing. I'm not I don't know if I'm remembering yeah. it correctly. Yeah, I believe so. Well, on the last podcast we had with Vic Sanchez, which we entitled Why Dating Apps Don't Want You to Find Love, he brought up the concept where the goal of these apps is not necessarily for you to get out there and meet women and then not be on the app anymore, right? The whole point of the app is to keep you on the app. So they're going to yeah, do what keeps exactly, you on the app. That's exactly right. Yeah, because their entire business model, the business model of the entire industry is situated around the fact that like, you know, they have a horrible churn rate. So in software as a service, we call it the churn rate, right? Where it's like the number of users that you have to uh, replace every month. Mm. And typically, I, I forget the exact statistic, but like a typical SaaS offering, I think is like, it's like you have a really good SaaS application. So software as a service application, if your churn rate is like 10 or 20%. And I think, um, I think online dating, the average, like the average is like 80% turnover. Oh. So, so if you think about if you think about the number of dollars and stuff that they have to put into advertising and everything else just to continually get new users on the platform, um, it's ridiculous. And so it's not a good business model necessarily for them because of that. And then you know the irony is that it seems like they're not selling a very good service to me either. Now I don't know if that's necessarily their fault, right? Right. Um, but it's just it's just really interesting because it's one of those areas where I really think that technology has just really failed um you know computers were this huge like opportunity to really connect us much better and i think in a lot of ways they have but as far as like finding love and you know and dating and everything else i think they've really benefited some people but i don't think that they've benefited the majority of people yeah and i think there might be a situation where maybe some of us as dudes are looking for 
let's just say a, a certain type of woman and other guys who are on there are just like, you know, what, I just, I just want to find a woman who might be compatible. So maybe our standards are a little different and that's what makes it tough, you know, because there are definitely people who are getting married and who are meeting online. So it's not like it's not happening, but you know, for those of us who, who kind of know the women that we can attract and what we really want, and we're not finding it online. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a high quality problem to have, I suppose. And I'm sure there are some guys listening to this who are like, man, I don't get any matches at all. I wish I was getting some boring dates because they're not getting dates at all. So I will acknowledge it's a slightly different problem, but there does seem to be some inherent flaws in the online dating concept. So, all right, if you're not going to be doing much online dating or a lot less, what are you going to be doing? Well, so I'm just going back to all cold approach. Um, so like I said, I'm still kind of passively sure. on the, on some of the apps and like, I'm not going to totally quit. I'm, I, it's not like I'm paying anything for them anyway. So it's not, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, but you know, every, every now and then, like a couple of times a year, I'll have somebody who I'm really attracted to match, just match with me and message me out of the blue. Yeah. And you know, so that does happen. It's, you can't really rely on it, but so I'll, st- I'll keep my profiles active for that possibility. But no, you know, I've just been focusing much more on in-person again. Um, and so far it's been going really well. You know, I found that I'm actually much more engaged in person. Like I find myself, I talk to way more people throughout the day. If I know that like, I don't have like these apps to fall back on. That's and- a really great point. Actually, that was the point I was going to make. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like, you're online. You're like, Oh, well I'm working at it. You know, I'm doing some stuff. I'm doing the swipe and I'm sending messages. Therefore I don't need to go to that party. I don't need to go to that festival or concert. So exactly. in a sense, it psychologically handicaps you in a sense. Exactly. And I mean, and that even carries through all the way to like, you know, the, the act of like getting a number, you know, I, I found at least in the last month or two that I, I, I'm asking for numbers way more often now. Mm. Like there's so many cold approaches that would go pretty well. And I would just like walk away because it's like, oh, you know, I got validation from it. And like, I like chatting with her, but like, I don't want to risk my ego or whatever by actually going forward and asking her out. <laughs> um, whereas like if I'm not doing online dating and I don't have like, I don't have like one or two or three girls that I'm flirting with on these apps, then I'm like, okay, well, no, I better freaking ask her out because I don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and, in a sense, it's a little bit of, I wouldn't say desperation, but it's uh, a little bit of incentive for you to try it. It's motivating. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think in general, that's much better. Um, and then again, you know, I, I would like to reiterate again, like, it's just so nice. Cause it's like, I can talk to 10 women in person yeah. and I know that like nine of them are not interested just from her body language, you know, from her eye contact, from what we're talking about, how we're just like, we just don't have anything in common. Yeah. And like before I would have, I would have had to go on nine dates to figure that out. Yeah. Like I'm being extreme, right? Like you could theoretically message before that. And like, you know, so the ratio isn't necessarily that bad, but it's, it's not great. Like, again, it's not great. I wish, I kind of wish I had spreadsheets and stuff so I could actually calculate my statistics over the years. And I can say without a doubt, like it's like cold approach is way, way, a way better use of my time. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we really, we kind of preach the idea of going out there and this doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to bars or try to sleep with women the first night. Like that's not even what we teach in the coaching here at introvert unbound. If that's what you want to do, fine. But we're more about going out there, 
talking to women, talking to men, talking to people, just being social. And it can be in whatever sort of environment you're interested in. You know, it could be a, a freaking bookstore or a coffee shop or something like that. Anything like that goes and you're building all these skills. And yeah, you get to, in a sense, try out the chemistry there. It's, it is kind of silly, this concept of like, well, I like their headshot and I like the words that they exaggerated about themselves. So sure, I'll, it'll be great. You know, and it's like, really, you have no way of knowing. And, but you're in person, you're like, all right, I'm looking at them. I like what I see. They're looking at me. Apparently they like what they see. We can get along. We have a vibe here. You know, more often than not, there'll be something that will follow up. Of course, it's not like a hundred percent kind of thing. And there's plenty of rejection in that way, but the rejection is quick and it gets out of the way easily. And I have to say, you know, personally, you know, I don't tend to brood about most situations, but if I meet somebody out and about, I just go and talk to her and then she's not interested in me. I probably don't think about her ever again, or maybe, you know, for one day or something like that. But when it's something strung out with online messages, I'm like, you know, back and forth and, you know, and then they kind of flake on you. Like, I'll still think about that. It sort of lingers. It doesn't even give you that closure. So for guys who are actually concerned about, oh, it's going to bruise my ego. This is going to be really harsh psychologically on me to go out and talk to women. I would posit that it's actually less difficult in that way. What, what would you say about that concept? Yeah, so I, I'm in 100% agreement on all of that. You know, I, I actually loved what you said about trying out the chemistry. Hmm. Because I think like, I think actually that's probably the biggest reason why so many men are so like drawn to online dating, right? Is because they don't want to deal with the rejection of, of a cold approach. And And what I would say to that is like, just like, try to change your perspective on on rejection, right? Like, mm. like your goal is to meet women that you get along with. Um, well, I mean, again, like it comes back to what you're actually looking for, right? Like, so, so I'm assuming that you're trying to get a relationship or whatever, eventually you're trying to date more seriously now. And, and if you're not in that phase, that's fine. Right. Um, but, um, but so like, you're just trying to, to, to meet women that you get along with and that you click with. And like, you know, so just imagine these little interactions. They're not rejections, right? Like you just didn't click with that woman and she didn't click with you and that's fine. Right. And like, maybe that has to happen nine times before you meet somebody who you really click with, but, but that's just, you know, that's just life. That's just how dating is. Yep. And, and again, I would like to reiterate the other thing you said, which is that like, it's actually harder on your ego to do the online thing. You know, that's what I found as well, you know, like not only through, not being able to get matches and matches messages or whatever. Like, you know, it's like you're messaging somebody who you think you're really into and all of a sudden they just disappear into the ether. <laughs> yeah. Very, um, that's very, just like, that happens so often. Very common. Even... Yeah. And if there's any guys who are like, Oh, I thought that was only me. That's pretty much everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's everybody. You know, it's just like, it's probably because she's messaging, you know, two or three guys or even more than that on there. Maybe she's even already started going on dates with some of them. Maybe she really likes one of them, but or, she's still messaging you. And, or, or, she's or just, just yeah, yeah. I mean, and sometimes when they stop messaging you, it's because they're no longer on the apps. They just give up. So a lot of the cycle with a lot of women that I've talked to and, you know, friends or otherwise is basically they'll be on it for a while and then they'll just get sick of the whole thing and then just you know, they'll either delete their profile, they just won't check it for months. So that's very yeah. common. Well, it's really funny, actually, because I've, I've chatted with like many women over this exact topic. Mm. And I've had so many of them say that, well, you know, I joined the app just like last week. And like, I immediately got like 20 messages. <laughs> right. 
Um, and then, you know, they'll go on a couple of dates and like the dates won't be that great. And then immediately she just gets off of the app. She's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> right. And so that's like, so I think like, it's really ironic, right? Because I think the men are really frustrated on there, but the women are really frustrated as well, just for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, yeah. Yeah. Advising women on that. That's not something we've gotten much into at introvert unbound. I, I have pretty decent advice for women on it, but coming from a man, it's not necessarily something they want to hear. So that's kind of stuff they going to have to figure out on their own. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's just, it's just interesting. So it's just, you know, it's interesting that it just doesn't seem to be working that well for anybody. And yeah, I, I mean, again, like, you know, they always have those statistics about how many people meet and get married off of there and stuff. And I mean, those are definitely real. So, I mean, I, I think it can work, Sure. but, but I would go back to the very beginning of this podcast, you know, what you said, Wes, which is, like, I mean, my recommendation, if you're a guy, you know, I'm not going to speak to women because I just, I'm not a woman. I, I can't give advice because I'm not that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're a guy, what I would say is like, focus on cold approach, learn how to do cold approach. And, you know, even if it's like, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be night game. It doesn't have to be gar, bar game. You know, it just has to be like being more social game. <laughs> right. And yeah, so there's cold approach, which is going up to and talking to strangers. But then there's warm approach, which can be going to meetups, going to things with friends, expanding your social exactly. circle, you know, having more women friends and they have friends, things like that. So, you know, there's there's all the above. So it doesn't if to you it's petrifying to go out and talk to a stranger. I would say that's a good reason to actually go talk to a stranger. But you can do you know, a variety of things. But yeah, if you're not doing well in dating and you haven't tried cold approach, I would say you definitely should. And for guys who have been doing it for a while, it's, it's a real staple of how to, how to meet people. Cause otherwise you're limited by algorithms online or just, you know, your headshot and then even warm approach stuff. That's cool. You find common interests, you know, you go to a meetup for board games. That's excellent, but that's limiting as well. With cold approach, you can literally talk to anyone you want to talk to. And it doesn't mean it's going to go well or, you know, that they're going to fall in love with you or anything like that. But that freedom and knowing that, you know, you can walk around and you can make things happen. And I think that's a, a really important thing to remember that's available for men and women, of course. But um, I think men might be more likely to take those opportunities. But at the same time, ironically, a lot of men are more horrified at even the concept, mostly because of ego bruising. Yeah. And I would say to back that up, you know, I think um – I think it was Tim Ferriss who had, a, I can't remember what he was talking about. He had this really, really cool quote though, where he might've even been interviewing Neil Strauss at the time, you know, Neil Strauss, the author of the game. Mm -hmm. And I think they were talking about dating and he was saying like, well, you know, in, in general in life, like I've tried to, uh, I've tried to do things that, you know, other people aren't necessarily doing just so that like you set yourself apart from the competition. Yes. And I, and I thought that was a really interesting idea. And when you take that to online dating, as a, especially as a man, um, the problem with online dating is that every man is doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. Because there's no ego bruising, because, because like, you know, you don't have to get out of the house. You don't have to like, you don't have to put a lot of effort into it. Um, so I think your competition is actually dramatically more intense online than it ever is in person. Like there's just not that many people who are going up to random strangers in person and starting conversations. It just doesn't happen. That's, that's such a beautiful point. Yeah. I mean, the reality is exactly what you said. So there are less men doing it. So women are kind of more impressed when you go about that. And 
being somebody who does that, who have found girlfriends that way, same thing with Clint, knowing tons of men who do the same, it's a very real option. And because you'd, in a sense, be this unicorn, if you develop the skills to do it in the right way, you know, I'm not talking about getting drunk at a bar and being creepy. Like there's plenty of guys who are doing that or just some wasted guys. Like I I have friends like that and they do fine. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, not necessarily being creepy, but I mean, however you want to do it, the point is, is that like, even my natural friends, so I've got several natural friends who basically that's their strategy, right? They, they're very extroverted. They go to the bar, they get blackout drunk, maybe not blackout (laughs) drunk, but they, a lot of times they get blackout drunk right? and you know, then they'll just start chatting with whoever's next to them. (laughs) Sure. And then because they do that so often, you know, more often than not, they wind up going home with somebody or they wind up collecting phone numbers or, you know, or they wind up, you know, on a date or in a relationship with somebody because of that. Yeah. But what's really interesting is that even my most natural friends, they still do better in person than they do online as well. Yeah. Uh, That's like without sense. a doubt, you know, and and like maybe I know one or two of them, you know, they actually do better with online dating than I do. But I would still say that like all of the girlfriends that this the one particular guy that I'm thinking of, all all of his girlfriends over the last five years have been people he's met in person. They have not been off the internet, just like me. Yep. So it's weird. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Well, so that's all we got for this episode of the Introvert Unbound Podcast. I want to thank Clint for taking the time to talk to us and share his experiences. Absolutely. And that'll do it. And we'll be back with another episode before very long. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, folks, this is Wes Colton, coach, CEO, and founder of Introvert Unbound. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and got something out of it. And I hope you stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing on Podbean, iTunes, or however else you found us. If you yourself are an introvert and resonate with our message, I also recommend you go to introvertunbound.com and sign up for our free monthly email newsletter with our latest articles, videos, and other introvert-related stuff. And if you're really looking to level up your dating, social, and work life, email me at introvertunbound at gmail.com for your free half-hour, zero-obligation online consult to help you come up with a game plan to harness your strengths, shore up your weaknesses, and become the Introvert Unbound.